0: Welcome to the Profitable Farmer podcast, where we share stories and tips to help you run a better farming business and create your very own freedom farm. If you're looking to work smarter and not harder in your farm business, welcome, you're in the right place. G'day team, welcome again to Profitable Farmer. I'm watching a Sort of what feels like a summer storm roll over here. So I hope the weather's coming in for you as well. Really excited as always about my next interview and introducing Ginny Stevens, the founder of Active Farmer. Active Farmer is an amazing project that started in 2015 and now has 1,500 to 2,000 monthly attendees at over 65 farm community fitness. Um, what, are we, what do we call them, Ginny? Um, what do you call each of your groups?
1: We just call them Active Farmer Communities.
0: Communities across all states of Australia, over 300 classes being run per month by a team of 40 personal trainers and an operating team of five or six. It's been amazing over the last seven or eight years to watch this project get momentum. And um, it's amazing, Ginny, to see the impact that you're now having on so many individuals, so many farming families, and the health and well-being of so many farming communities. Um, thank you for your time from a car outside um, a gym, <laughs> be one of your kids' gyms, In Wagga, really great to see you again. And as I say, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to sharing the active farmer story.
1: Oh, that is my pleasure.
0: How are you, Ginny? And um, how do you reflect on where this incredible project is arriving to?
1: Oh, no, I'm very well. Thank you. And yeah, thanks for having me on and for um, taking the time to share the active farmer story. Uh, Yeah, often sort of. Pinch myself really to see how much Active Farmers has grown. I've been taking classes now for nine years at Mangapla, so uh, I never, in my wildest dreams, did I think there would be another sixty-four communities with Active Farmers classes. So um, I couldn't be happier with um, how it's turned out, and and we just have the most fantastic team of people that make it all possible. So. Yeah, so it's quite extraordinary to to see um how far it's come and, and we're still really excited about our, our future as well.
0: Perfect. So before we launch into the active farmer story and even your farming family story now at Mangapla, I understand you grew up on a farm with your family in Tasmania. What's your sort of early connection to agriculture, Ginny?
1: Yeah, so I spent the early part of my childhood um, on a farm in Tassie. So we grew up about half an hour north of Launceston, um, the northern end. We didn't go down the southern end very much. It's too far to go down there. Um, and I just always loved everything about the farm. So from a very early age, loved agriculture. And I also have always loved farming communities, like that sense of connection and belonging to your community. We were really fortunate that we had um I had two sets of cousins, you know, one just a hundred meters away, one about a kilometre away, and another one about 20 minutes away, and and just a really nice community to grow up in, which was really special. Um, so I've had from a very early age a really strong interest in in farming and Community and also um, from pretty early age, um, health and fitness as well. So I had a a really fortunate childhood in Tassie. And um, no, I don't have two heads, and I never did. For those wondering.
0: And from Tassie to the top end, I understand you spent a bit of time Gila up in the northern end of Australia. How was that for you? Um, early on in your career.
1: Uh, yes, I did. I sort of I used to read every jewellery book under the sun. And then my dad said to me one day, why don't you, you go and, and do that? And I said, oh, don't be ridiculous. I I can't do that. And anyway, I did end up going up up to the top end. I worked for um, CPC at the time on Man Blue Station and I absolutely loved it. It was one of the best experiences that I've had. And I just think, you know, you, you really – are challenged and you really um, find out that you can do a lot more than than you think. And, you know, I always recommend doing that sort of thing for people thinking about having a gap year. And, you know, I got to ride my horse. I had four horses I got to ride every day, so that was probably the part of it that I enjoyed the most. So, but, yeah, it was an amazing experience.
0: And, Ginny, I think we first met professionally when you were in finance in Wagga years ago I think you've spent time both with ANZ and Rabobank how helpful has your sort of university career and then your time in finance been in supporting what you've achieved with Active Pharma
1: oh massively so I didn't probably set out thinking I would end up in the in the finance industry um but the the fact that there was agribusiness within the finance industry was really appealing to me. So um, I used to love going out to see clients on their farms and talk about their businesses and talk about, you know, what their goals are and, and meet the whole family. I really enjoyed that part um, and then learning about analysing their businesses and I think it really – Gave me a lot of um, structure in the approach to running a business and or an organisation that Active Farmers is. Um, you know, teaching you how to be organised, teaching you how to know your numbers, teaching you how to plan, set goals, um, KPIs, and and try and reach those goals. So it was certainly a really really valuable experience to to have had. Um, before starting active farmers, I think you know, there are lots of things that i that I learned and took from that career um, into into my work with with active farmers, yeah.
0: And now you run a successful mixed farm at Mangapla with your husband Andy and your three children. how's how things on farm and and how's that project for you?
1: Yes, yeah, so well, I'm not sure how successful will be this year, having just converted to pretty much one hundred percent composite sheep. Um <laughs> but you know it, it all swings in in roundabouts. Um but for me, you know, to to have the opportunity to work in the family business um with my husband is, you know, a bit of a dream come true, I suppose. And you know, from a very early age I always, you know, thought I'd love to be able to if I was fortunate enough. Um end up back on on a farm so yeah I absolutely love it we certainly have our moments um you know in the sheep yards or or whatever um and so often my husband doesn't put me and he together in the yards (laughs) um but yeah it's it's um you know it is an amazing lifestyle to raise a family on on a farm and and we just feel really lucky to have the privilege and opportunity to be able to do that Um, and you know, it's, it's a great life, yeah.
0: Noticing what you and Andy achieve with three young children, um, and this project, it's quite incredible. So, congratulations on that, Jenny.
1: Oh, thank you. Certainly, um, have lots oh. of help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, um, what happens in the sheep yard stays in the sheep yards, doesn't
1: it? It does, yes. Yeah. So That's also what we tell our children. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So how is it that Active Farmers came to be? Um, Would you mind giving us, you know, where did the idea come from? How did it start? What were the first few months like? Um, And then we can sort of move more deeply into the story.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, when I I started working for ANZ and then next to Rabo in Wagga, so I sort of, because I'd started a agribusiness graduate program, I sort of got moved where they, where they put me. I actually always thought I'd move back to Tassie. Um, and then, anyway, then you meet, meet a farmer and you end up where, where they are. So, I uh, moved out to the farm and I didn't really know the community. And I guess growing up in a small community, um, I'm a big believer that you really need everyone in the community to have some kind of role and, you know, pitch in to do their bit um you know to just keep keep the community together and and moving forward so i was just sort of wondering how i would do that um and then at the same time i was also um quite concerned and still am about the health and well-being of our farming community the high risk of suicide and i was just you know reflecting i guess about like why on earth would that be given you know, just explain how great the lifestyle is, um, but you know, there's lots of challenges that farming communities face that are outside of our control, which we can chat about later. So, I guess um, the light bulb moment for me was thinking about my experience in team sport over the years, and you know, when you're in a team sport, you not only keeping fit um which is great for your physical health and your mental health but that sense of belonging and connection to your team I think is really powerful so if you don't turn up to training or you do but you're not yourself there's someone's going to notice and and ask you know where were you or you don't seem yourself is everything okay because you see each other regularly enough to notice patterns and changes in behavior whereas if you don't see your community you don't you don't know truly if there has been a change in behaviour, um, it's easy to put on a brave face. So I think that um, team sport is amazing, both physically and mentally. Um, and so I thought, well, I'd really love to try and replicate or mimic that team sport effect and start something that would be like a team sport, obviously not the competition, just in my community. Um, as a way that I could contribute and, you know, bring farmers and community members together a couple of times a week, do some exercise, um, catch up with each other and then go home feeling stronger both physically and mentally um, without really realising it. Um, So I guess I didn't, you know, I just started it for Mangapla. I didn't ever at the time think, it would go further than Mangapla. That's how I'd do my bit for my community. Um, and then quite quickly, Euron Quinty reached out. They're just 20 minutes away. So I started there and then I was sort of maxed out doing my bank manager role with Rabo and these couple of communities. So um, that's kind of how it how it began uh, and why why it began. Um And then it's turned into a a bit of a beast since then.
0: I wanted to ask you that if you ever had a vision or predicted at that time that it might be something like it is today, it it seems to me like that wasn't the case.
1: No, it wasn't the case. I think when uh, when you and Quinty started and then I had those two communities going and then I just was sort of getting lots of interest and comments that I did start to think you know, oh in my wildest dreams or maybe it could be something that could be scaled um and then a, a friend of mine um Beck Milliken, she is the Delta HR manager she um said, you know, I reckon if you want to expand it Delta would sponsor it. So I had a bit of a video made. I'd, I'd actually tried a couple of sponsors that had showing interest and that didn't get off the ground so um sent this video off and within two weeks delta ragged said okay uh we'll sponsor you here's 40 grand go and do your thing and so then i left my job um and that's that two weeks later i found out i was having twins which wasn't ideal (laughs) but um but they you know testament to delta said doesn't matter If you want to keep going, just keep going, maybe just slow down your growth. Um, And they were incredibly supportive. Um, So then, yeah, from that point onwards, and I was working full-time on it. um, That's when it started to really take off. Um, Sorry?
0: What did it take to walk away from that full-time finance role to really focus on? That sort of true passion for you.
1: Mm, um, look, I think deep down I knew I wasn't destined to be a bank manager forever, but in at the same time it was a really good career, and I felt really fortunate to have the job that I had, and you know provided a lot of security, um, that nice off farm income. Um, my startup didn't exactly do that, <laughs> um, and. Yeah, so it was it was, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people were like, Well, is it really what you want to do? You know, and it was a bit risky. And I sort of look back now and think, what was I thinking? But I guess I was a bit younger then and and um was just happy to give it a go. And I just didn't want to, you know, die wondering what what could have happened. So yeah, Jimmy,
0: no regrets. Is- Mangapla and Yuranquinty, are those two communities still going? And what impact have you seen active farmers have on those two communities, given that they've been with the project for eight years?
1: Yes, well, and is not running right now. Um, the trainer had to stop the classes. Um, it, it did start up for a little bit last year, but then that trainer had to stop. So um, currently. No, but Mangapla is still running and um I just absolutely still love it even nine years later and look it's been interesting the community you know we've been through um parents having kids and then their kids have left home and then they've come back to class or you know so people have come and gone over the years but what I'm really loving at the moment is there are a lot of male farmers in the area who are coming to class, and they just have they're just having so much fun. And it, you know, there's a lot of banter, but just seeing them, you know, there's a couple you know have had a knee surgery, or you know, someone had had a stroke, and seeing people um, coming and recovering from an injury or something unforeseen that's happened and seeing them catching up regularly with their community, um, laughing, having fun, doing some exercise, it just makes me so happy to watch that. And I think it's made our community really strong. And, you know, we see each other every week and we wouldn't otherwise. And you also see people in the community that, you know, but you may never see, so it's something that is really, really special. And we do go to um the manga Club pub once a month, for dinner after class as well. So that's a bit of a hit too. And I have to say, I still have three people who came on day one who have barely missed a class, um Jeanette and Andy Ross and Helen Lee, and to have them have, been you know coming to every single class for nine years—it's pretty amazing as well.
0: Yeah, that is amazing, isn't it? Um yeah. wonderful. And so then the next few years with twins and a young family and full time in this startup. Looking back, how do you reflect on the madness of sort of launching into a startup and turning this into a charity and. You know really sort of making it work in those first few years.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, what what made it even worse is that six months into the into my work full time, um, it was quickly obvious that there was lots of demand for the program, but it's not a commercially viable business model. Because the communities that we're targeting are small farming communities. We don't have active farmers in Wagga, for example. So we're intentionally targeting communities where there aren't many people there. So you're not going to consistently get really high numbers, um, which means that, you know, you're not always making money. You're probably losing money. And for me, it was never about the money. It was about impact and it was about servicing these small farming communities that don't have anything and, you know, they deserve to have services brought out to them even if there's three people that come to class. You know, if that's enough to save someone's life, then it's absolutely worth it. And so sometimes, you know, you might have times where three people turn up but then other times a year there's ten people turn up. And so if you just quit on those three when it might be harvest or middle of winter or sowing or whatever, you know, it's, it's not sustainable and they matter. So um, that's when we thought, well, it really is better suited to a not-for-profit model. And I had a lot of interest from other sponsors, but as soon as they knew it wasn't a not-for-profit, they said, oh no, well that money will just end up in your back pocket. So sorry, we can't help you. So We decided again, back to Delta, you know, this model isn't working, but I think a not for profit model will work. And they said, yep, okay, go and do what you have to do. So then that meant putting together a board and creating a charity, um, which really took the best part of 12 months to do. And I had no idea what I was doing. And then the first board meeting we had, uh, the twins were born the next day on an emergency Caesar. So I had my first uh, four weeks of the new board in hospital with these twins. And um, it was, you know, in some ways quite a good distraction from, you know, what what was happening. Um, And yeah, I, I can't really remember. I just, I think remember just being so passionate about it so I was either twins or active farmers and it just seemed to work and just people the whole way along seem to have just you know descend from the heavens at exactly the right time to pitch in and help and so yeah it's certainly no when you just something that I've done it's just collectively all these amazing people who've come along and and helped in some way shape or form that's made it um, made it happen so when once we became a not-for-profit, that's when things really escalated um, and it certainly is the hundred percent the right decision to make.
0: You've mentioned Delta AG a few times maybe this is the chance just to give them a bit of a plug. would you mind just describing who they are for our listeners who are perhaps in other states and just explaining their involvement with active funds.
1: Yeah, so Delta Ag are in just about every state now. Um, they their growth. I mean, you think our growth is big? Their growth is massive. I think when we first started, they had thirty sort of ag merchandise stores. You know, where you go in, you can see an agronomist buy fertilizer, chemical, fuel, all of that sort of thing. You know, services service providers. Um, and so they they have grown exponentially in that time. It's quite a phenomenal story. and um and Jared's the managing director is is still there as the managing director, and he he's a he's a busy man, but his support of active farmers has never wavered. And he's always, you know, he's always been there for us, and he's opened the door to all of his networks. So now you know we have a lot of a lot of their suppliers are our sponsors as well. So they're all sort of part of the part of the family. So um yeah they've, they've sort of acquired a lot of businesses over the years um right through Victoria, WA, um New South Wales. So they're they're really um yeah kicking goals and a really great organization to be aligned with.
0: And mm. what would you say to husband and wife teams who have an idea or something that they're really passionate about outside of or in complement to their farm, that, you know, they're thinking about having a cracker maybe with a young family, what would you say to them that, you know, if they've thought about it, considered it, you know, do we launch it? Will it distract us? You know, do we give it a go? What would you say to them given the journey that you've had?
1: Yeah, I think um I mean my it's it's a it's a family decision, right? It's um this was a decision that my husband and I made and I'm very lucky that he's always been really supportive in that well, if that's what you want to do, you go and do it. And um has never you know never made me feel bad for Wanting to follow some kind of idea or concept. Um, and I think you really need that both husband and wife to be on board with um, a proposed startup or idea to actually take off. Because if you're both not on board, it's just going to make it really hard. And then um, I would also say, you know, you have to have enough help because you know i i'm more so now um supporting andy on the farm so we've sort of um you know i'm around a lot more now than i was um but you need to you need to factor in enough help um because you know we all know that if both both parents are working full time then there's still the household to run and the family to run so you really have to have you know someone plugged in to to do that otherwise it can become a really stressful situation. But yeah, you know, I think if people out there have an idea or something that they just want to explore that they think can make the lives of of whoever, you know, in their community or the farming community or whoever better. Um then yeah you don't you don't yeah you know, I always think you don't want to look back when you're older and think, gosh, I wish I gave that a, a shot. Um, so you just have to make it happen and and ha- put the support in place and and um, just both be on the same page, though.
0: And Ginny, to a comment you made before, how important is it that your focus is on solving a problem and making a meaningful impact rather than making money, do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, that, and that's, um, you know, I think in life, it is important that you do have meaning and for me that that's always you know that's been in the way in way shape or form of um improving the health and well-being of farming communities and so that provides me with a huge amount of meaning and it's it's nothing to do with money um i did get to the point where i was earning a salary um Not a very big one, but I was, and that, that did help because, you know, you also have to do your your figures and make sure that, you know, you're actually going to survive as well. So you can't just be in complete denial of you, of what income you actually need to have as well. Um, but I think there's a lot of things people can do that are uh, outside of their normal work. Um, that isn't to do with money, that can provide a strong sense of meaning and
0: purpose. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. What's the problem that you see out there? You mentioned in the early days and that you're still genuinely concerned about suicide. um, Yep. The health of farming families. um, Yep. And I guess the fact that services aren't necessarily getting into the smaller communities, can you just speak more to, I guess, what drove you and what drives you and, and that problem that you see?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and unfortunately, the National Farmers Federation released a farmer wellbeing report this year and it was really alarming. You know, 45% of farmers experiencing depression, 64% anxiety. 45% have had thoughts of self-harm, 30% have attempted self-harm and that's just not okay. And I guess from a very early age having a really strong passion for farming and farming community members, I just think these these people are just the most genuine and down-to-earth people that you can find. Those kind of statistics Um, are really frightening to me and probably to everyone that has heard them. And so there are, there's so many things that are outside of our control. You know, it really is a perfect storm because you have, you know, the weather, commodity prices, succession planning, limited access to health services. Um, You have isolation. I mean, I know not all farmers are isolated, a lot of farmers are and the that report I just mentioned had said that a feeling of isolation was one of the big drivers behind poor mental health and then you know you have our really stoic nature Um, some farmers not all farmers are not as active as they used to be a lot of them have a bad back Um, and there's just such a barrier often to getting um, mental health help if you live a long way from a doctor, uh, you don't like to use telehealth, you know, there's there's so many things that we cannot control. And so the way I look at it is, okay, there's nothing to do about a lot of those things. Um, what can you control? And what you can control is your approach to health and wellbeing and how your community can band together. So we know that there's heaps of research out there that indicates that regular exercise and having a sense of belonging and connection to your community or team or whatever it is have amazing benefits for mental health. And so so Active Farmers comes in at that proactive level um, where, where, you know, we're boots on the ground, grassroots every week out there providing a service that is proactive to try and help people before they get to that point of considering self-harm. Um, you know, it's just our, our way of being able to do something about it um, before it's too late. I know it might not be a solution or enough to prevent a lot of cases, but, you know, we know that it has saved some lives and um, that makes it really worth it.
0: Well, Danielle, I've got no doubt that you've saved many lives and had a real impact on the mental health of so many across Australia. Um, Just on those two points you mentioned, so many farmers would say that they're active during the day and either why then should I do fitness in addition or I don't have time to. Yep. Can I get your comment on that? Why is fitness, whether it's in a group or whether it's sort of on your own going for a jog or a bike ride or a brisk walk on the back hill, why is that important in addition to our day job?
1: Yeah, so a lot of farmers 100% are very active. Um, but, you know, ask them to run a lap of the oval um, or do a few crunches and it might be quite hard. So it's a different kind of fitness. Um, you really need that strength and conditioning of your muscles and you need you really need your heart rate to get up um to get those physical health benefits um but interestingly i didn't necessarily set out for active farmers to be more about the social side of things but our research shows that the number one reason that people like active farmers is because of the social side and the exercise is kind of a a, a byproduct of the the social side but um Just taking that break and getting off the farm and doing something that is not farming is really important. And, you know, you might just be having a a really crappy day and then you really don't want to go to active farmers, you really don't want to exercise, but you go there and someone says something that's funny or someone has gone through the same thing as you and, you know, it just puts things in a bit of perspective and, um can just help like I, I just think people need to get off their farm it's not healthy to be on the farm 100% of the time and I know that in your program you you're a big advocate of having a break and getting off the farm and doing something for yourself and because thing is that it's the decisions that farmers make are so important and you know why wouldn't anyone want to have a stronger mind? from exercising and socialising, it's improving your mental health, it's improving clarity, sleep's going to be better, you're going to have um, more resilience, more optimism, more energy, you're going to be able to make better decisions. Like it's an investment in your business too. Like, who doesn't I completely
0: agree, Ginny. Everything you're talking about is exactly what our team believe And so we're so happy to support this. And I just feel so aligned with everything that you're speaking to. Fitness is just such an important component to mental health and mental well-being and resilience, as you describe. And I think you're absolutely right. Getting off farm and getting into a social setting that uplifts you is just such an important point. I think so many of us played sport as kids, and then we retire from our footy or our netball or our hockey or whatever it is. And we stop being part of those team sports that you mentioned. And then we have kids and it's all about the kids' sporting activities. And we can quickly arrive to a point, can't we, where we've lost that fitness, we've lost that connection and we've lost, I guess, putting ourselves first and our fitness first as a priority.
1: Yeah, 100%. And then often the only place that people catch up is at the pub. So to be able to catch up when you're not in that environment is also I think yeah really important and it's never too late to start I mean like someone I just mentioned has had a stroke and then you know in late 50s early 60s um could barely walk is coming to class so or he's had another operation he had a knee operation but you know he'll be back but he and he just went ahead in leaps and bounds, so it's never too late to change your behaviors either.
0: I wanted to ask you about diet with this do you speak a lot about nutrition and eating and drinking responsibly and well as a key part to that mental health and that physical well-being
1: yeah I it is massive and I do think by starting to introduce exercise into your lifestyle, you kind of naturally want to eat better. I don't know why, but you just, you don't feel like picking out a Macca's after you've just done a, a class, you know, for example. Um, we have over the years had um, sent nutritionists or food coaches around on road trips to do workshops um, and, yeah, we, we have done a bit of that over the years. It's probably something we haven't done a lot of lately, but, um, you know, if we got to a certain size, like I think, you know, we could say maybe we had a nutritionist that's that's on fall for our um, members. Uh, we're not quite at that sort of level yet, but, yeah, it's really like what you put in your mouth is really, really important for physical and mental health. Absolutely.
0: And so, Ginny, tell us about... Active farmer today, the business or the the charity, um, would you mind just describing the team, the reach, the impact, um, your partners, just to give everyone a sense of, of where it's arrived to and also any more detail around practically what you do in community?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, we have, so from the grassroots level, uh, as you mentioned in the intro, we've got about 65 communities across Australia. They're all small communities, none over 5,000 in population. Um, there's 40 trainers who take those classes. And then we have three trainer managers who work with those trainers to onboard them and support them. Uh, when we set them up, they're set up with equipment. We pay their venue higher. We help them with marketing we give them a budget to do a health workshop per year uh we give them a budget to do a course or buy some more equipment or do some more marketing um so we really try and have we've had um biannual summits where we bring all the trainers together um so we try and support them as much as we can and you know we have a facebook group where they can all chat and share ideas which is really special and then uh Then in terms of the um, head office, I suppose, we have a new CEO, Mark Slater, who started three months ago. He's going great guns. And then we have our office manager, um, Ali Lane. So they they work really closely together. And they're an event coordinator as well. Because on top of the classes, which are our bread and butter, um, we've also evolved to run lots of other events. I mentioned before... You know, we don't have the competition, but then some people started saying, oh, we would need a competition. So we started with the Active Farmers Games, which is like tough mudder with a farming spin. So like mud crawls, hay climbs, things like that. There's just been one in Albany in WA. There's been one in Collie Ambley. We've had them in Tamora. There's one in South Australia next year. So that's really fun. Uh, and then we do fun runs like and walks through farming properties um charity cycling events sports lunches we just had a a ball at home on our tennis court um to raise some money and um we've also got a scholarship program um which Hutchin and pierce fund where we take uh, about 10 trainers through their training we fund that for them so they can start in their community and um we're also about to raffle a tractor as well, a John Deere tractor um, in conjunction with Hutchin and Pearce and John Deere. So there's lots of other things that are happening on top of the um, classes, and that's all on our website. We've got a couple of hikes for sale at the moment, and um, you know there's this epic mountain bike trip in Cairns next year. So there's all kinds of things that we do to try and, better support our communities and involve more people, you know, as many people as possible.
0: So that website's activefarmers.com.au. I'll share that in the written intro to this podcast. But, um, yeah, absolutely encourage you all to, to head there. How do you feel about where this project has arrived to? Ginny, from where you describe it was in 2015 to where it is today, how does that make you feel as the founder?
1: Oh, it's it's incredible. I mean, you know, I won't lie. There's certainly been times where it's been really tough and there's been hurdles and probably the smartest thing to do would be to walk away from it, um, certainly in the younger years. But to see it be built up to the, a point where we're really sustainable and, you know, we're built on this amazingly strong foundation of of people Um is in- incredibly fulfilling and you know we've had we've had some research done and to know that it is genuinely having an impact on the lives of farming communities who really matter um you know after all we feed and clothe everyone um yeah is is just incredible and uh I absolutely love it and I'm really also so excited to see um where it's going to go because we've got big big plans um so we're not planning on slowing down our growth anytime soon which is awesome
0: do you mind speaking to where you see this project now heading to perhaps over the next five or six or ten years
1: yes well our overarching goal has always been you know building resilience in farming communities stronger and resilient farming communities and with the aim to get to a hundred communities by the end of twenty twenty-four. Um, our new CEO, Mark, he, he's been doing some work, strategic work with our team, and he's talking about, you know, a thousand communities um down the track. So, you know, there's something like I think six thousand small farming communities out there. So, um, when you look at it that way, a hundred isn't very many. So um, yeah, that's that's the sort of level of growth um, that that is on the table. So hopefully, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to keep working towards that goal.
0: To that point, Ginny, what are your challenges as a charity um, around making that happen? Would you mind just speaking to that? Because it could well be that there are some people who are really keen to become part of this project. They're passionate about fitness and and contributing in their communities would you mind speaking to a couple of your challenges
1: yeah sure i think if we had had trained an abundance of qualified trainers uh we'd probably be double the size by now so we've had to just um there's been so many communities over the years that would have really loved the program but we just couldn't find a trainer for so um Finding trainers is really hard, I and mean, hence why we created the Empowered program. Um, that's a, that's a big problem. And then you know, it costs anywhere from five to seven thousand dollars to start a new community and run it for a year. So funding is always challenging as well. Um, you know, you'd hear of some foundations that have the reverse problem where they have a lot of money sitting there, but they don't know how to spend it. Well, we've got. Um, the exact opposite problem to that um so they're the two things really holding us back I mean we have so too many to name um sponsors and partners they're all on our website that are incredibly supportive but because we're just getting to this size um you know we're just continually needing more and more and more funding to keep growing and keep meeting the the demands of the communities that are out there so they're there's our two biggest challenges
0: so just a challenge to our listeners if if contributing around building a more resilient community and improving the health and well-being of others in your community is of interest to, to you perhaps you could do the training and become a fitness trainer with active farmers mm-hmm. um, so I can only imagine
1: open that. at the moment the program's open for applications on our website
0: great so I think you just... Media. I missed that. Did you just say scholarships are now open?
1: Yes, the applications are open right now.
0: Great, perfect. And also, just jump on the website and and make a donation if you know this is a cause that inspires you and you're looking for somewhere to contribute. That's another way that you can contribute to Active Farmers. It's an incredible project. Um, just quickly, two more questions. If I could, Jenny, how do you um reflect on the team? You mentioned right back at the start that angels just seem to fall at the right time. Um, it's funny how it happens that when you go after a, a meaningful cause and you stay true to that trajectory, who you can attract into your business and your team, um, partners, suppliers, um, clients, how do you reflect on the team that now is now around this project?
1: Well, I think when people are all aligned uh, around a common goal and a common purpose. It's incredibly powerful what can be achieved. And so we've always been really clear around our vision and of building stronger and more resilient farming communities, why we exist, you know, what we're trying to achieve, what our goals are. Um, And so that just seems to draw people out of the woodwork who also thinking along those lines um and and then you know you all everyone just pitches in everyone goes above and beyond because everyone i guess is you know really aligned number one but also um you know you get this amazing sense of fulfillment and meaning which is really important for being you know for your happiness and so yeah seeing these people it's um yeah, I I sometimes just can't quite believe it. How many there are that are that are pitching in, and it's yeah, it's amazing.
0: Well done, Ginny. So you've transitioned quite recently, I think, from being the CEO to this project to now being a director and on the board, and you've assembled a really strong board around this project and yep. made that transition. What are two or three leadership? Lessons that you've learned, or or business lessons that you've learned over the journey, but also with that transition from CEO to to being a director and and getting out of Mark's way and let letting him and Ali and your team run the business for you.
1: Yeah. So I, when we had our third child, um, it was in COVID and and. Um, had some time off and came back. It was still COVID time, so I was able to work from home and, and that was all fine. And then when things started opening up, um, there was just a lot of need for travel and time away from our family and that was just getting too hard with, you know, kids and the farm and um, and so probably took me six months to actually say it out loud that I don't know that it's the right thing for me to to stay in the role of CEO um and then it probably took another six months to actually say to the team I don't think it's the right thing for our future for me to stay in this role because um I I mean it's my dream job I I absolutely love everything about it but um for our for us to succeed in the future and for me to uh, I felt like I was going to be in the way because we probably would have only been able to grow to a certain amount of size with with me having my three children and wanting to be a present mum and there for them so I just didn't think I could do it all I mean I could have stayed in the job, but for our future and you know greater good, I did think putting someone in there that could travel all around the country and really throw themselves into the job um, was going to be the best thing for everyone, and I was terrified of telling people. I felt like everyone would, you know, you know, we've just all come and joined joined the family, and now you're just going to leave us. And um, but people were incredibly supportive of my decision, and that was a huge lesson, I think that, you know, if you're really open and honest and, um, you know, people understand. So that that was, yeah, quite incredible. And I'm still really close with all the team and I still probably creepily keep an eye on what's happening. But, um, yeah, it's not sometimes it hasn't been easy, so of stepping back and letting go. Um, but I'm certainly getting better at it and um, really trying to embrace you know, any changes the team want to make um, and just really supporting them to move the organisation forward. So, yeah, it it wasn't easy, but um, I think it's been the right thing to do.
0: In my experience of this, when we let go, we don't lose anything we gain so much. Would you, as as challenging as it can be, would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yep. And and you know, we've only just we've only kept building on the team, building on our board. Um, and yeah, it's just really still flourishing. So, um, yeah, I definitely have gained a lot from um from letting go. And I'm definitely, you know, kid was well timed with the kids starting school. She's quite full on. And um, you know, we've just expanded our farm business. So, you know, I probably, you know, I feel that I'm, you know, more supportive on the home front as well, which is what we needed as a family unit. So it's all worked out well.
0: So to all of our listeners, those insights apply just beautifully back to your business as well, the importance of a vision that everyone in your team can rally around, a strong set of core values, um, you know, in, setting down something that enrolls and inspires and then, attracting the people around you so that you can build out your your team over time and then being willing to let go, knowing that you're not going to lose anything, you'll gain so much. Just encourage you to reflect on Ginny's comments and think about how that can apply back to your farm and your family. Ginny, just in finishing, I just want to again acknowledge just the resilience that you've shown and the determination that you've shown to make this project what it is today. Um, it's incredible to see the team that you've assembled and I can only imagine and get a sense of the impact that your team is now having across Australia. And, you know, you've got a team assembled now to genuinely see this project have more of an impact. Um, So on all of that, congratulations. And thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: Oh, that is my pleasure. And I'd also like to congratulate you and the Farmers Academy for everything that you're achieving. And there's definitely a lot of um, alignment there. And You know, I I see you have a wellness um, person in your team, which Lucy Wallace said she thinks is great. I was chatting to her today. And, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, I always feel really appreciative um, and when, you know, when a business like yours decides to to put health on the table and have a, a more rounded approach to the farm business and the farm unit because, you know, it all starts with the individuals and how they're feeling. It's just, you know, it has an impact on the whole business and the whole family and everything around them. So it's really, really important. So um yeah, I've enjoyed watching your journey as well.
0: Thanks, Jenny. Um, really appreciate that. It it all does come down to leadership and we've got to put ourselves first and our own mindset and our mental health and well-being first. And that's just as true in farming as it is in any other profession. Absolutely. Jenny, thank you again. So much for your time and, yeah, look forward to connecting again. Thanks, Jeremy. And there you have it. I've been looking forward to connecting with Ginny for some time. I, I genuinely think the Active Farmer project is such a great example of backing yourself um, around a project that can have a meaningful impact on our industry. Um, Want to encourage you if you have that to, to look at it again and, and think about it. But again, congratulations, Ginny and Mark and Ali and the Active Farmer Board and the Active Farmer trainers and the Active Farmer team. I just think what you're doing, um, and especially that you're doing it in the small communities across Australia is so powerful. Um and well done to everyone loyal to Active Farmers for focusing and making your health and well-being and your community and the resilience of your communities a priority. And as I mentioned, if you're keen to learn more, either to participate in a community or to put your hand up to be a fitness trainer with Active Farmers and, and have that as the way in which you give back to your community, then jump on the Active Farmer website. And um, I'm sure that Ali and Ginny and... The, farm, the active farmers team would only be too keen to speak with you. All the best, everyone. Stay fit, stay well, be resilient, and make an impact in your community. Take care and bye for now. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Profitable Farmer podcast by Farm Owners Academy. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about us or come continue the conversation in the Profitable Farmer Facebook group. All the best as you grow your business and create your freedom farm. Until next time, keep being incredible.